110 days in Ann Arbor, Michigan on the football field. We don't want to coach average. We do want to win because winning is the epitome of team effort. Every coach who ever put a whistle around their neck strives to be the head coach at The Ohio State University. Welcome back, everybody, to Buckeye Bar Guys here on Buckeye Bar Talk. I'm Mike. And I'm John. Today's date is uh, Tuesday, November 9th, 2021. And uh, we are coming off our win over Nebraska this past week. Uh, got Purdue coming up later this week, which we will get into later in the week on our later show. Um, so today's going to be all about Nebraska and then we will finish it up about, uh, the rankings which uh, just came out within the last, uh, 15 minutes. So, uh, kind of big show. So, uh, ready to get, get going, John. Yeah. The, the newly ranked Purdue, which we'll talk about that more later, but that'll be, that'll be good for Ohio state. Yeah. Uh, ranking wise, uh, Buckeyes keep winning. Uh, they got some, uh, setting up to be pretty good for them, at least uh, with ranked opponents coming down the stretch. Um, all right. So uh, Ohio State uh, beat Nebraska this past weekend. A um, little tougher than uh, <laughs> I thought it was going to be, but Nebraska has been playing everybody tough. So uh, just your thoughts, John, on the game. <laughs> so, <clears throat> excuse me, 26-17. Um, yeah, I mean, it was, I don't know. It was kind of a weird game. Um, <clears throat> sorry about that. I got the same thing you got going on right now. Anyway, so uh, rushing never took off. I mean, it was just, it was not a good game with run blocking. We can, you know, dissect that a little bit more, a little bit later. Uh, risk passing, I mean, I don't know. They took away everything deep. So I know people, like, it, it was frustrating again because, I think part of Ohio State's looking to hit their touchdowns on deep throws and just these teams are kind of starting to take those away from them. And it's not, you know, we're we're starting to really struggle when we're getting towards the red zone. Then these teams are pretty much giving us to the 20 as a freebie. And then it's like they sh- just shut Ohio State down and we got to settle for a field goal. So it wasn't the greatest game by far. Um, <clears throat> I still think some people did some good things, though. You know, Jackson Smith and Jigba. Had a record-setting day. He had 15 catches for, I believe, 240 yards. Stroud had over 400 yards passing. He did have two costly uh, interceptions, though, that he tried to force when he shouldn't have, and, you know, he paid the price for both of them. Uh, Of course, you know, there was that play at the end of the game, which was them passing the ball on a first down, which the touchdown was there to Olave. So, I mean, Ryan day is going to continue being aggressive when he feels like it's time to be aggressive. Kind of like when he lulls teams in, which there was a lot of lulling in this, uh, this game this week, but um, you know, he took the shot Thayer Mumford and Nicholas Petit Freer both missed their blocks Stroud. I mean, you can, you know, people blame it on the play calling, which not great. People blame it on the blocking. Not great. I don't think there was enough blame to go around with Stroud. I mean, the guy saw that these guys, oh, you know, they got through the line of scrimmage. One guy was at him. He pump faked and he thought he still had time to try to throw it again. So I don't know. At that time, I guess maybe tuck it, maybe just go down something. But that was very risky what he did. Uh, Luckily, Luke Whipler was there to fall on the ball. So didn't hurt us. Got our field goals from Noel Ruggles. If he wasn't player of the game, he should have been. And yeah. So I'll take a nine point win against them when no one else has beat him by, you know, more than seven, I think. Yeah. Um, my just quick thoughts on that last play of the game. The only thing that really kind of really upset me more than anything was the fact that they had what two or three really good runs in a row. And then they kind of, uh, then they go right to the pass. And it was just in a situation of the game where I think like, be happy that you know you're at where you're at and uh just go finish the game out i mean they could have probably ran the ball in the end zone yeah um you know if they would have just keep on running the ball um part of me is i like with the offensive line is like you know we've kind of talked now back and forth should they go back to the way that they lined up last year permanently um to get more guards in the game and i think that's probably like I'm kind of leaning that way, 
But then at the same time, I'm also thinking, I don't know if these guys, if they're bad run blocking, it's just, I don't know if they're getting enough opportunities to do it. And sometimes I think when, uh, I mean, I get the whole, there's a lot of weapons you want to, you know, cut somebody's throat hard out, but like there's times where Henderson's moving the ball pretty well. Like there was times in the first half and I get it. He only averaged 3.7 yards, but he didn't also get a boatload of opportunities. And there was a couple runs in there where he was actually doing okay. And I just think if they would have just kept on going with them, you know, it probably would have opened it up a little bit more. And maybe they're going away from it too much. And uh, maybe I, I, I still kind of going back to what we said at the beginning of the year, you know, use the run to establish Stroud. And I still kind of think that's how I feel. And I, I just think that maybe they're not going to it enough. And uh, that's just kind of my opinion. Yeah. I mean, I, I can agree with that. Just you also at the same point though, you know, you got to be effective on the runs that you have and a lot. And I mean, I'm not the one that knows this. I saw other guys talking about it. Uh, but if you rewatch it, you'll notice that a lot of the offensive line struggles have been with their assignments that they keep following like the slanting linemen in front of them that they're not, you know, staying within their lane or within their assignment. They're not. So what that's doing then is that's freeing up that backside end because there is nobody there to do anything to them. And they're just crashing down on every single play. And, you know, people talk about, well, you know, Stroud, he's not keeping any of them. They're not running a read option. They're not doing that. So yeah. there is nothing for Stroud to keep. Now, what I think Ryan Day needs to call, you know, a design run here and there with the same type of action, except it's a design, you know, QB run and he's faking a handoff on it. I think that could be very effective, but I know Ryan day doesn't like calling design QB runs. So that's probably not going to happen and that's okay. But the line has to stay on assignment because even as great as Trey Henderson has been this year, nothing that guy can do when there is a defensive end wrapped around his knees or when he has three tackles in front of him. Yeah. Um, I will say that. So like there was times like in the first half, I, I saw that they would do like a, like a kind of a normal style, like out of the, you know, out of a pistol, he would go get four yards. And then like the next play, they would run a kind of that fake read option and he'd get two yards or negative two yards. And it's like, just go back to the way. I mean, go for third and two, if you're going to run it back to back, you know, run, keep on running those type of plays where he's getting downhill a lot faster. And then just, uh, force them to deal with us at short yardage. And then if you want to throw the ball on third and three, third and two, you've got a bevy of play calling that you can go with at that point that, you know, I mean, all of our guys are always open within a few yards. Mm -hmm. So, you know, so I, I just think that, they're calling the wrong running plays at different, they're calling the right running plays and then they're calling the run wrong running plays the next play. Yeah. Uh, and it's like, you know, that's where a lot of this miss yardage is happening. Absolutely. And for as much praise as, you know, I, I, I've given Henderson this year and he deserves it. The one thing I have noticed about him is you, he's not great at making a cutback behind the line of scrimmage. And <laughs> I mean, I, I don't think he has necessarily the same struggles as Master Teague in that department, but I think almost right now, maybe it's just because he's young and he's not as experienced with that stuff as like, say, what J.K. Dobbins was, because I don't, at least if what I read is correct, you know, Henderson was not a running back like his whole life. Like, he is new to that position. If, a, if what yeah. I, you know, if I interpreted it or if I understood what I read correctly. So, you know, a guy like Dobbins was probably doing it for a little bit longer. So that's why he came in as a true freshman and it was more natural for him that he, you know, those cutback lanes at behind the line of scrimmage, whereas maybe Henderson doesn't see all that stuff right now. Of course, you know, we've talked about it at length that the guy is probably the best change of direction dude that, you know, I've seen in a long time running forward that he can, you know, make a cut, but he can still gain yards but he just doesn't see that like at the line of scrimmage that he can cut back, you know, against someone that's slanting down on. Him. And yeah, I think Mayan's pretty good at that though. So I think maybe, you know, 
And I know Dave wants to get these guys more reps, but I think maybe, maybe we got to see more Mayan Williams in there. And again, you know, I know he was hurt. So, and I think Henderson is the better of the two running backs. So I don't think he should get like the lion's share of the carries or even a 50 50 split that we saw so much with Dobbins and Weber in 2018. But I do think, you know, Mayan does have a role in the team that, you know, maybe every three, four series, he should definitely be out there. Yeah. And Teague, of course, still has a role, you know, too. And we, you, again, you and I have spoke about this at length, like get Teague off tackle. Like that is where he is dangerous. Get him between the guard and the tackle or get him off tackle. Like master Teague is like big and strong as he is when he's going between the guards and the center, he's getting you three yards. The thing, and also on that, like just that thought is that, uh, especially where they could run that play is, uh, you know, it might not work in goal to go, like when you're within the 10, but when you get to the red zone, you're at the 20, like he might be able to walk into the end zone with that mm-hmm. because you're kind of still spread out as a defense and everybody's, I mean, you got more people back towards the goal line, but he gets out in front with a, maybe a couple blockers out in front of him. I mean, with a full head of steam, I mean, it's only 20 yards and I've seen him take that to the house yeah. before and you know, he can get 20 yards on that play. So like I, I would like to see them maybe run that play when they first get into the red zone and maybe, you know, maybe he can score on it. Um, the red zone things are starting to really bother me. It's just like, it just seems like, that play call early in the game with Alave that uh, where he where Stroud just rolls back oh, and uh, Alave comes back. They ran that play before. That's a, like a guaranteed six. Like, why aren't we running that more? That was like the first time we've seen that in the last several weeks. And yeah, uh, I mean, I don't get that. Uh, the why it just seems like, you know, on Ryan Day, the play calling has been bad. And uh, I mean, there's been some I mean, like we talked about last week where that one to a law, they would have been a touchdown if, uh, you know, Stroud was able to put his whole body into it. Uh, you know, it just seems like though there's not enough of those play calls and, you know, why don't you run one of the, why is that a fourth down play call? Why don't you run that on first down? Like, you know, I mean, there could be opportunities there and it's like, I don't know. Yeah. Maybe, maybe they need to try to spread it out a little bit more, even in the red zone and uh, then try to run the ball because it seems like it really does seem like too, that uh, and maybe this is really, this is maybe starting to see where this hurts. Now the tight ends we lost last year that, you know, they were better blocking tight ends and, you know, with Farrell that maybe that extra tight end that we're losing is starting to really hurt us on the edge. And, and if that's the case, then, you know, Get a big hog in there. Get another Haas up there and, you know, bring Matthew Jones in the game then and move uh, one of the big tackles out to the outside uh, as a tight end. And, you know, like it just seems like that there's other things they could be doing that they're not doing. Well, they've done it with Donovan Jackson already. So, I mean, you can definitely you can still use him in that role. You can bring, you know, you can have Rucker out wide, but motion him in as a blocker. There are different things you could do, but it's just. The problem is it's like when they're in the the tight end, you know, being tight on the line of scrimmage, it has been so predictable that they're going to run yeah. and they're getting caught every time. And like, I mean, this forces the defense to really tighten up. And it seems like the more tight they get, the harder it's our offensive line to get out in front of them. Line's got to do better run blocking. And I think that, I mean, I think a lot of the red zone struggles is just, that's what's happening is they can't establish the run. And I know that people could say, well, it's on Ryan day, but it's maybe partially, but it's also very much on the offensive line that they got to be able to get their bodies on the defensive lineman and get a push. Yeah. I mean, at that point, it's just whoever's the nastier of the two. I mean, that's just, you know, that's smash mouth goal line football. I mean, you're just who's meaner at that point. Yeah. Uh, the put the extra, the guy, you know, a little couple yards past. Uh, Ryan Day might be an offensive genius, but you know, your playbook is only so big. The guys only know so many plays. You know, that's like, and I, I just you, you call what your team knows. And I, I do think situationally, though, he could call better plays because we saw, and I know it might have been against lesser competition, but we saw him do things with you know Trey Henderson that they have not done the last two weeks. Yeah, or any any running back. I've also been concerned, and we kind of talked about this during the game, 
no, I'm not watching the all 22. I'm not looking for this. So I'm not like, this is not a conspiracy theory or whatever that I'm just making things up. I'm just wondering, this is just me thinking out loud is, is there's like, it just seems like the last two weeks they've been guessing some of our running plays fairly easily at different times. Like, is there a tell somewhere that, you know, and tells happen. I mean, if, uh, you know, is one of the, are one of the linemen tipping their hand of which way they're going. I mean, it, which is possible. I mean, yeah, I've heard deep players talk about that before certain offensive linemen. They just, they tip, whether it's a pass block or, uh, you know, a run block, you know, sometimes you can tell on pulling guards, if, uh, if their feet are a little further back than they are in other times that, you know, they're probably looking to pull. So that that's just stuff like that's really getting me wondering that, you know, it just seems like that they're just a lot of times they're guessing right right now. Yeah. And I mean, I also heard that, you know, the Penn state guys were calling out on the defensive line where Ohio State was going and they were guessing right. And I don't know, like if you, if, if you're one of the linemen or something, you hear them guessing, right? Like, shouldn't we do something different? Like, you know, shouldn't we call some sort of audible or something? So, so yeah, it's puzzling right now. I mean, we can chalk it up to they've played two really good run defenses uh, the last couple of weeks. Purdue's a really good run defense too. So that's not easier. I mean, we got three good run defenses coming up. I think though Kenneth Walker did all right against them. I'm pretty sure last week. I mean, I know they they pretty much handled Michigan State after I think that game was what seven to seven at one point, and then it was kind of all Purdue, but. Yeah, Kenneth Walker did good, though. He had 22 carries for 136 yards. So, I mean, you can get rushing yards on these guys. Of course, you know, Illinois ran for what on Penn State, and we thought we were going to run for like 400 yards against them, and that just never happened. So, who knows? But there's definitely, you know, you can run on them. And Trey Henderson, honestly, you know, I know 4.4 isn't the average we're looking for, but he had 92 yards on 21 carries. like. Yeah, he did find he did find stuff going. He started picking it up. I mean, he had a big run in the fourth quarter. That was why that just made it really weird. Like I said, on that last that last play, I've been like Henderson. There was only a couple minutes left in the game. Henderson seems like he's kind of getting warmed up now. To, uh, kind of put the game behind out of reach, and mm-hmm. it just seemed like a weird call. I mean, I know you want another touchdown, and that's great and all that stuff, but I mean, sometimes you just gotta. You know, I, I mean, and again, two different play callers, but it just kind of reminds me back of, you know, Trussell back in 08 when, um, you know, Beanie against Michigan State, or I mean, 07, he literally runs out the last nine minutes of the game. Yeah. And they just, they literally run the clock out. And I mean, I get it that, uh, you know, at any moment, Henderson could. <laughs> You could try to do that. He could go take one of the house. Well, so could a beanie. I mean, he was right. able stuff like that. Ugh. Sometimes, you know, I mean, a lot, I know a lot of people might groan too. Oh, you're just being really overly conservative, but you have complete trust in your running game and your offensive line. And you just go challenge them be like, all right, we're going to go win. Let's go finish this game. And you guys get, get bodies on people and give Henderson gaps and he'll do the rest. And, you know, I just think like, you know, I mean, in, nothing bad happened, but something could have bad happened. I mean, if that uh, if that fumble, I mean, we were joking the other time. I mean, how many times I've seen big guys, usually when big guys land on when Whiffler, a lot of times when they land on the fumble, the ball, the ball pops out that I could just see a ball squirting out and uh, a cornerback coming running up for Nebraska and be on the scoop and score. Well, because, I mean, know, they had they had a whole sideline. So that very easily could have been a scoop and score. Like, I mean, stuff like that can't happen. And so that, you know, that's why maybe you don't do stuff, something like that in that situation. But I mean, it is what it is. They survived. So I can't, uh, I can't get up too upset about it. Just, you know, you might not survive it next time. So you gotta maybe chalk that one up and, uh, the back of your mind being like, well, the next time that situation comes up, I'm going to just maybe run the ball. And then, trust my defense if they don't get it or whatever pick the field goal i mean it was really disappointing that both thayer mumford and you know mpf your two all-american tackles just got blown up like that though so you <clears throat> i think you would usually think you know nine times out of ten that doesn't happen um what i was kind of thinking though 
and I don't know how your thoughts on this are, but do you think Ryan Day sees any value right now that maybe he trusts his run game? I don't, I mean, let me rephrase this because I think a lot of issue right now is he's not trusting the run game, but do you think Ryan Day kind of thinks that ultimately to win this thing, he needs CJ Stroud to be at full confidence, be 100% in sync with the receivers. And that's why he's kind of given him like the work he is. And that's what he's doing that. I think maybe he realizes to win this thing, you're going to have to do it. You know, a lot of it through the air. Yeah. I mean, I get that. I can see that, but even Stroud the last couple of weeks, I mean, he's had some moments where he's not really been in sync Mm -hmm. and I get it was lesser competition, but the previous weeks when they were having, you know, those games, when they were having a better running game, they were, he was a lot more in stride with his receivers because it's a much more unpredictable offense when running the ball well and you're throwing the ball well. I mean, the thing that worries me, if they get one dimensional, you know, they could get picked off one in the next three weeks, the one in the next four weeks, you know, you get a good enough defense, you get two one dimensional and they're shutting down the running game, you know, you know, that could be in a situation and granted, yeah, you have the best receivers in the country, but you can't always live. I mean, that's where the big 12 always gets in trouble. You can't live and die. If you, if you live with the 50 passes a game, you're going to die by the 50 passes a game. When you finally get up against a defense, that can really make you drive the field more. And the more, and where those teams do bad is the more reps you have to do, throw the ball that puts up more opportunities for the passes, the three and outs, the, you know, interceptions or fumbles, sacks, all that stuff. And that's why you need a balanced game between the two of them. So that's, I'm, I'm kind of concerned about that. They need to really get the, running game going because the I get it. Their passing game is great, but they're going to eventually come up, whether it's the next few weeks or in the playoffs, they're going to come up against a defense that is going to shut down. If they can't run the ball or make some resemblance to the running game, they're going to be in trouble. Yeah. I mean, they did call a couple RPOs though last week. So I think it was like they they ran like eight or something. And that's an extension of the run game. Yeah, no, I uh, I agree with that. I, and I like when they do that. I like that they do it a little. They've been doing it a little bit more um, than they've done in years past. Um, I like those little quick dropouts, maybe, you know, the quick rollouts and throw two yards ahead or throw it two yards to the side. And, you know, that's kind of an extension of a, that's kind of like an option and a mm-hmm. passing option in certain ways. Yeah, I mean, so there's different things you can do that, make it look more like a running game but you know i mean you think that you your ohio state you got the running backs you have i I really like to see them being able to establish a running game against one of these good defenses yeah years past when they've beaten good defenses it's always been because they've been able to they've buried them running the ball i mean look at many top you think about the top rushing defenses we've always had like kind of a joke about that you know, in years past, when you think of all Michigan's uh, number one ranked rushing defense or Wisconsin's the number one ranked rushing defense, and they go out and put 200 yards on them or 150 yards on them, like it's nothing. And it's like, you know, and that's always seems like when they get up to play one of those good rushing defenses, well, it's because they haven't played us yet. Mm-hmm. And then we run the ball on them. And then so, we skew I mean, their numbers. That's, yeah, that's kind of uh, it's a little nerve wracking. I mean, I'm not saying that any of these teams coming up are going to beat them. It's just, last two weeks have been tough and the next several weeks are not going to be that easy. If you know, if these weeks were tough, those weeks probably be tough too. If you can't get some sort of balance going on in the offense. Right. And I, I mean, the proof is in the stats. The proof is in the scores. Uh, plus 50 passes in a game is not ideal for Ohio state. Oh, I mean, I mean they, have, they, they have not scored over 30 points doing that. I mean, we have uh, arguably the best receiving core in the country and I would have never called at the beginning of the season, I want to let us throw the ball 50 times a game. I mean, I'm no expert at football. I mean, I've watched football long enough though, that I understand the game that, uh, that's a losing formula. Eventually like, well, you might, you might overwhelm lesser competition, but eventually you're going to play a defense that you can't overwhelm that as much. You got to evolve your, you got to evolve your passing game. If you're going to do that, 
your passing game's got to evolve a little bit then that you know you can score in the red zone with it and yeah just we it hasn't happened and i don't know maybe he runs more in the red zone than what he tries to pass and you know the running game because it's stuttering you know i don't i don't know it's just it's something something has to give that you're converting to touchdowns because as good as no no ruggles been and i don't know if you heard kevin wilson's press conference today but like he said it that you know as much as i appreciate that you don't win championships kicking field goals you know um I mean, where Noah Ruggles is making sort of make me feel better is that at least we have seems like we have a competent kicker that if we have to go win a championship because you know the game is tied or we're down one and we get the ball last, then uh, we go and he needs to go kick the game winning. You know, I mean, that's a lot of more stress than he's had so far, but uh, at least he's had some stress the last few weeks that these at least are he's had to make these kicks to keep us in front of the scoreboard. Right. So, yeah. Know. I mean, he put these teams out of the game with these kicks. So he's definitely, you know, there has been stress on him and that's really good. Um, real quick, before we forget to bring it up, what do you think about Stroud saying after the game that he's not a running back that he's, he throws for a living. I don't like it because, uh, <laughs> even if that's how he feels. And I mean, it's obvious that's how he feels. He needs to word that a little bit better. I mean, he has taken off with the ball a couple of times. Yeah. He is. And like, I would have, I would have much rather him said something like, you know, I'm a, you know, I'm a throwing guy first. Uh, but you know, if I have to put, tuck it down and I see an opening, you know, I'll tuck it down and I'm not afraid to do it. You know, every time I go, I get close to the line of scrimmage, somebody breaks open. Right. That's all I would say is, you know, I see somebody open and, you know, I feel that guy's going to get more yards than I'm going to get. So like, you know, I I guess again, he's young and you know, this is, this is the, if this would have been next year or the year after he probably would answer that question a lot better. Yeah. And day, I mean, day addressed it today. He said that, you know, he, he has ran that of course, you know, get going down the stretch here against some of these defenses. If, yards present themselves he's going to do it but he's not going to call a play that's going to put him in harm yeah and i i think i think that's like the disconnect here is a lot of fans you know some think it's still urban meyer's offense where they're running read options and they're not some people take like i mean i'm not i'll be honest i get frustrated and you know some a lot of times stroud's actually like proving me wrong because i'll be screaming at the tv run run and then he throws it 12 yards downfield. I'm like, oh, well, you know, he ends up getting, you know, anywhere from 12 to 20 yards on the play. And he probably would have only got eight with his feet. So obviously yeah. he made the right choice there. So he proves me wrong. But my thing is, like, I don't want him, you know, running QB powers or, you know, I don't want him running all the time. But what I want him to do is if you see green, you know, get closer to the first down. Yeah, no, I agree with that. Um I was the thing. I mean, this is a fan base. I mean, we've seen a run, we've seen running style quarterbacks for a long time. It wasn't even just Urban Meyer. I mean, even though I mean Troy had a hell of an arm, but you know Troy would take off with the ball when he had to, and he would get, you know, he could get first downs. And mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, Troy was. I mean, Troy wasn't scared to run at all. That was. Like I mean, he was he was dual threat. Prior was more obviously more run than he was pass. Yeah. Braxton was more run than he was pass. Um, I mean, JT was a friggin' fullback, you know, that threw the ball. So, <laughs> yeah, he was just another, he was just a, another version of Tebow and uh, Myers offense where, you know, Urban had no problem on third and threes and even fourth and threes that uh, JT will get it. And uh, <laughs> JT usually yeah. got it. <laughs> yeah. I um, mean, even, even Cardale, you know, is, not as he was not a graceful runner, but he wasn't afraid to run the ball. Um, and that's not saying Stroud is like you've said, there's there've actually, if you look at it, he has tucking on. And like I said, I've screamed at the television go and he makes the right decision because he throws it and someone's there. Um, I just, again, you know, I like safe plays, I guess. And when it's, you know, second and eight or second and 10, whatever, 
and they are giving you eight free yards and you might be able to make a play for the other two, but at least you're going to get yourself to a third and two situation. I don't know. I, I still think even if a guy is wide open, you know, it's still less risky to run and slide. All right. I mean, we've, uh, I think hit all of our stress points with our, the offense. So let's hit the defense. Um, Defense I played a good game and they gave up yes. two bad plays and, you know, and, and that was it. Uh, that gave them 14 points. So, mm-hmm. I mean, that was, and, you know, I, I know I saw a lot of people on Twitter screaming about the defense and I get all that. The defense still has some, uh, you know, breaking times in, in the defense, but this is where, this is in my opinion, why it falls more on the offense. The, the offense has to do what the offense has to do, right. what it's supposed to do. And, They've had the ample ample opportunities the last couple of weeks to get more points than they've gotten. Yeah, kind of got to get those because, as much as I love the improvement of this defense, I don't want to keep on putting this on the defense that uh, they're only seven ten points in front when they should be fourteen to twenty one points in front mm-hmm. because you know they might give up a big play and that happens and you know that. Uh, that's why the offense needs to start showing up a little bit more and they need to get some of this stuff figured out because the defense is playing good and the defensive line's really, really, really playing good. Like they are coming alive. I mean, and they're just getting better by the week. And I mean, mm-hmm. I mean Martinez, the majority of the game was having a hard time staying up. And I mean, they were hitting him. They were sacking him. They were knocking him down when he was throwing. Uh, they were making him feel it most of the time when he turned off, hook off and ran it. Mm-hmm. I mean, they did a hell of a job, you know, containing him for the most part. I mean, there got some parts in that game where it could have gotten nervous that if uh, if uh, the with the offense not scoring, that you know, if Cross would have went more to a if complete, but like we could run full blown wishbone and you know we might be able to get them on their heels and he did for a little bit and Ohio State shut that down then after that. And uh so again nothing really upsetting that most part for the defense. I mean the defense is always where they're gonna live and die is always gonna be the middle of the field. You know, their linebackers still at times doesn't get the proper depth that they need to get. Uh the safeties at times are still out of position. It's a scary thought whenever ever there in a single high because it's like you know always the bad things happen then yeah and, uh, you know they don't have the right guys you know just not making the correct plays you know they get beat the single high safety like they got to learn that you are the last safety valve of that defense you can't get sucked in to action somewhere else on the field like you you can't get beat and, and yeah that that was rough and that was on both of them the safeties are what they are at this point so you know proctor's not coming back he's out for the year so the safeties are what they are hopefully you know the play can get better i just don't think it's ever going to get extremely better you still got to show you know the cover one look though you still got to be in the single high every now and then so it's just, it is what it is. You might give up a big play, but that's why you play great the rest of the game. That's why you, your defensive line is getting so much better too. Don't be, if you're in the single high, don't pay attention to the guy's legs. You know, keep looking at his freaking face. <laughs> I know, he gets man. The ball, aim for his freaking hips. Uh, you know, you aim for the midsection and wrap up. And even if you're not going to bring him down, just tie him up so, you know, somebody else can come get him. Like, you know, that's it. Just, don't get juked out <laughs> this two, two years in a row, you know, that we're dealing with that. Uh, these guys that uh, they just, they bite on the action too hard and guys get behind them or they're out of the play. Cause they follow someone else. Like you gotta be there to stop the play. That's what you're yeah. doing. <laughs> you know, And that's, it's, it's crazy. And like I said, it might just be what it is at this point. Um, linebackers again, steel chambers is the strength of that linebacker unit. Yeah, Tommy Eichenberg's a hell of like he's actually playing very well against the run. You know, Paley is looking pretty good. Uh, so I'm okay right now. I mean, they don't have the necessary depth maybe where they need to be, but I'm okay where they're at with linebackers. You know, kind of wish you kind of wish Steel Chambers made the move a year earlier though. Could you imagine what he would be right now? Earlier, 
I kind of wish they would have got to him last year and just been like, hey, you know, you got a couple guys in front of you, you know. We got this big time running back committed for next year. It doesn't look like we're gonna lose him. You know, Lions there, Teague's there, Sermon was there last year. Two guys coming in next year. Like, maybe let's make the switch. If they would have just made the switch like halfway through the year or even just for the playoffs, I mean, God we're God only knows where he'd be right now. Yeah, and I think, you know, and I know you didn't know what you had with Sermon for a while and Mayan was probably still getting into, you know, shape, even though he really turned it up right before he got to Ohio State. But you had three guys and Crowley was working his way back. I mean, maybe you could have saw, of course, you know, would he have actually even seen the field last year, though, with the linebackers that we had? So maybe he wouldn't have, but it would have been nice to get the reps then. And then he would have been so much further ahead right now. I mean, you look what he's looked at right now. I mean, man, he'd be further ahead i mean just so he, he capped the game off with the game ceiling interception so that was nice to see but yeah he's i mean i think he's going to be a stud next year at linebacker he might be a stud by the end of the year i mean he's just he's so instinctive and he just he runs to the ball he makes plays i mean he's not always in the right but he's just he's aggressive and he's usually around where the ball is so. When are we going to actually play a, a receiver that can really, I mean, I know Dotson was a little bit better, but we just haven't had a guy that's really challenged any of our outside corners. Yet. Mike, and we're not talking about Purdue yet. That's <laughs> David Bell. Mike is that we're talking about him on Thursday. It'll be an interesting matchup. Uh, I don't even know. He's not played. He's not went up against a corner as good as Denzel Burch. No, but he has insane numbers, though. I mean, he's he's over a thousand yards for the season. It's crazy to think how good Denzel Burke is as a true freshman. I mean, we still have two more full years like that. And we were talking about this the other day or during the game. Like, and I know Akuda didn't didn't really play, and you know. But normally, most of our guys, like our big, even like Lattimore, our big time guys that like, you know, I remember Conley, some Apple, some, it was like deer in the headlights. It was always like the following year when they really started like getting settled in. Mm-hmm. Like, this guy's like already settled in now. He's like making, you would think he's a junior now, like the way he's making, he like, he knows when to react to the ball. I mean, he's always got his head turned perfectly for the most part. Uh, he's strived with stride with these guys. Uh, it's not even gotten to the point to where he's even had to take on a 50, 50 ball yet. Like he's like, it's crazy. Yeah. And I mean, I think this might be his best test up to date. Um, he knows how to use the sideline to his advantage. I mean, he understands every little aspect that uh, a more experienced corner gets. Like it's just crazy that he's only uh, a true freshman. Like he's going to come down. Like if he stays healthy, it's like, it, I it would be hard to think that he doesn't win the the fort. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. is he a finalist this year or a semifinalist? Because he should be. He should be. I don't know if he is because how young he is, but he's going to win one at Ohio State. He like, should. I mean, I was like to the point of like, I'm like ready to guarantee that. Like, he's already. I mean, I know that. I mean, I've watched some. I mean, I've watched some of Georgia. He's top five corner in the country right now. Like that's crazy. Yeah, he's really good. And you know, Cam Brown's actually not far off. He's doing great too. I mean, he's been shut down. Seven, you know, like you and I have talked about it. You know, I think some people, I don't, I don't know if it was just the injury stuff at the beginning of the year. I think Seven sometimes is um, criticized unfairly though, because I don't think he's given up much of anything this year either. Like I don't know what what you're nitpicking at. Is he I, as good as the other two? I, Maybe I, not, I, but. He's what a, just a step behind them. Yeah, I haven't seen one he's even given up a pass, so I don't know. Um, yeah, so the defense, I, it's super impressed with the defensive line where they're at. Uh, and the outside stuff, I'm fine with. You know, you're going to give up your stuff in the middle, and that's why the offense just needs to be on top of their game. When you know, and if you know, if you if you play a good defense and you're playing your best offense and you have three and outs here and there and they shut you down, but you still get some of your stuff. Like I wouldn't even, if they were playing their best football and, you know, just for whatever reason, the defenses were shutting them down a little bit and stuff like that. 
it's just there's been a lot of sloppy stuff out there, and that's kind of what's just worrying me that, you know, they've had a lot of bad penalties too lately. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. Something they've done. I mean, even a couple of their holds have been, like, really ridiculous. Like, you know, I, I get you can call hold on every play except when Ohio State's on defensive line. There's anymore. been some really egregious ones that have been missed against Ohio State. And that line's getting so good, though. I mean, they're just – they help that secondary out. They they help each other out because, you know, Burke's great in coverage. That buys them an extra second. That extra second, they're going to hit that ball. The ball's going to come up, and then Burke or someone breaks on it, and they can get an interception. So – I like yes. I like where the defense is at, to be honest with you. Yeah. Yep. Um, definitely think uh, this will be a good challenge coming up this week, but uh, we'll talk more about that uh, coming up. Uh, all right, let's uh, quickly uh, talk about the rankings and uh, get on out of here for the night. So Ohio State, is uh, they moved up a spot. They are actually number four, so they're technically, as of today, if the Season would end. They'd be in the playoffs. Uh, Oregon's number three. Bama and Georgia are still two and one, uh, mm-hmm. respectively. Um, Michigan State, Michigan, uh, they are Michigan six, Michigan State seven. I see a lot of people on Twitter having issues about that because Michigan State actually beat them. But latest one to lose, and that's kind of what happens. I mean, do you? I don't know. I, I think Oregon being ahead of Ohio State still, I still don't have an issue with that. But the people that do have a complaint, I I can kind of see it as valid that, you know, Michigan State beat Michigan just a week ago. And Oregon yeah. beat Ohio State, you know, two months ago. So yeah. I do. And it's see- been a, for the most part, I mean, I, even though the last two weeks have been interesting, I mean, it's hard not to say that this Ohio State team is better than that Ohio State team. Oh, yeah. I mean, and Oregon, has, more- Oregon hasn't looked good. So, and Oregon lost to, you know, a team that only has three wins. Um, Michigan State lost to a team that has, you know, six wins. And now they're ranked number 19. So, I don't know. I I, I see it as a valid argument, but they did lose. And that's kind of how college football's kind of gone forever, you know? Like, the, it's recent losses get you thrown back further. So, that's kind of the way it's always been. Um. I like where Ohio State's position, and I like where every team, they are helping, like, I don't know if it's on purpose or what. It's like if they're playing if they're playing their biases out and they're making sure that uh, Ohio State or, and all, or even Michigan or Michigan State, I mean, I don't know how, uh, I think, like, I don't know how it works out if, you know, I don't know if there's a way that all three of us get to a, a three-way tie. I'm sure, you know, I mean, I think Ohio State, everybody would have to at least drop two conference games probably at this point. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, uh, so I don't know if that's in the cards, but it just seems like uh, they want somebody there in place, to, uh, you know, make sure the Big Ten, if it's the Big Ten East, gets into the game, so it uh, gets into the playoffs, so kind of what it seems like to me i'm interested very much by cincinnati's positioning though at five notre dame helps them now that notre dame's in the top 10 so uh that will go down if they can win out their thing uh oklahoma has to start worrying about cincinnati at this point a lot more than in my opinion ohio state has to worry about cincinnati i think ohio state because the committee did them a lot of favors by uh you know if they go out if michigan state wins this week if we beat Purdue, that's a top 20 win. If uh, Michigan State wins and then we go beat Michigan State, it's a top uh, 10 win. If uh, And at that point, Michigan very easily could be in the top five. And if they're still undefeated, you know, or they're still one loss, you know, that's a top five win if Ohio State wins. Like, there's no way Cincinnati, even at undefeated, if Ohio State then goes wins the Big Ten championship, there's no way Cincinnati is going to be over to over. I still, uh, I still don't like undefeated oklahoma lurking out there i don't it's just i don't believe they're gonna win out though part of me doesn't believe that either but the committee in years past they've always said that all that stuff matters is when things are equal and like right now to me that they're just saying that they believe ohio state is that far better than all these teams and that so i don't even know in their brains that they're even considering them equal i mean that yeah undefeated they got Baylor on Saturday. They're ranked 13th. 
Iowa State yeah. always, you know, they give everybody good games. They're unranked, but they give everyone good games. And then they got Oklahoma State at the end of the year, possibly two weeks in a row. So I don't know. I don't I don't think Oklahoma's going undefeated anyways, but I don't like them lurking out there because I do believe an undefeated OU, you know, that they have that the that it factor about them that they would have to kind of demand being in the playoffs. If they go, if they go through a conference championship game undefeated, I think OU would kind of and they deserve it based off a of name. And they very much well, but you know, you know who I think that hurts at that point, depending, we don't know what's going to happen fully with the SEC. Um, if they're getting two or just one, I think at that point, if Ohio state wins out and Oklahoma wins out and they let the two SEC schools in if Alabama beats Georgia and both those go in, I think Oregon gets hurt at that point. They've made, they're making points that Oregon has their quality win. And Ohio State hasn't had an opportunity to have the quality win yet. Ohio State has multiple opportunities now. And at the end of the day, um, Ohio State could end up with three or four quality wins over Oregon, just one. And I think they're not going to consider those two equal teams then at that point where the head-to-head even matters. Honestly, I, I think Oregon's losing to Utah in two weeks anyways, possibly losing one of the other ones to Washington State or Oregon State too. So I'm not... I'm not overly concerned about Oregon finishing with just one loss because they're going to have to play Utah twice. So Utah, I think Utah will get them one of the two times. Yeah. At least I think they would have to play Utah twice, unless maybe they would have to play Arizona state one of them. But regardless, I think someone is going to get Oregon again. I just, they've been hanging on by a thread. Like people can talk about unimpressive wins by Ohio state, but The last two weeks, I mean, Ohio State, neither one of those games have been in doubt. And you can say what you want, like how close they were at a certain point, whatever. Like, I know Penn State took the lead on Ohio State, but there was, you know, a point fairly early in that game that Ohio State had complete control and the game was no longer in doubt. They just had to kind of let it it play out. I mean, Oregon's been close to losing games. Yeah. Um, Real quick on Penn State before we end the show, is it like, got a BS, you know, they, you want to talk about head to head wins. They've beaten Auburn and well, they beat Wisconsin and somehow <clears> with three <throat> losses. Yeah. Auburn is still in the top 25, but uh, Penn state's not. So and Wisconsin they, is too. And granted, they might have the worst loss out of the bunch, but still they've had, you know, by two, lost, two points and nine overtimes. Yeah. They lost to Iowa and they lost to Ohio state. So, and then they played a nine overtime, whatever, you know, that game was against Illinois. So in crap like that happens and, you know, so I, I just don't see when you want to talk about head to heads and stuff like that. Well, I mean, they've literally beat Auburn and somehow Auburn's still on the top 25. Right. But, uh, so, you know. I mean, Buckeyes right now though, winning you're in, that's it. Just keep winning. You know, I don't, th- I don't think you need to win any game by more than a point, to be honest with you, winning you're in. Oh, yeah, I kind of agree that way, too. I I just don't think – I think Ohio State is just set up perfectly right now that – and, you know, committee did that for them, you know. Whether the committee are really fully – whether they're doing Ohio State favors or they really agree that these teams are really that good, it doesn't really matter. Ohio State, you know, if Michigan State wins this week and we beat Purdue, you know, we're very – you know, Michigan beats Penn State, I mean, there's – legitimate opportunities we're going to be playing the two michigan schools back to back and they're going to be both top 10 teams possibly michigan being a top five team so like you know i mean those are real wins and that's going to be like all right there's ohio state's uh marquee wins and at that point then that trumps in a lot of ways if they don't consider ohio state oregon eagle you know they're going to say well those wins are better than oregon's win against ohio state when ohio state's really didn't have their identity yet right they do and as long as the West does not just absolutely implode, I mean, Ohio State, you know, you just beat a team that, of course, you know, now has seven losses, but you beat them by more than anyone else had beat them in the, you know, the seven losses that they have and on their own field. So that's one thing. But then, you know, you're going to finish the game or the year against four ranked teams unless the West completely implodes by that championship game. 
Yeah. And two of them are going to be very highly ranked games that should be top 10 matchups between the two, you know, Michigan teams. So, yeah, I, it's going to be a wild ride because to win this thing, you're going to play six straight ranked games. But yeah, Ohio State's up for it. Ryan Day's up for it. But yeah, I just, that's why I say when and you're in. I don't think they need to win by more than a point the rest of the way out and they're going to be in the playoff. And the biggest thing I want to see right now is it's not necessarily uh, blowing people out, but I just want to see the offense start clicking again. If the offense gets to click in a point, then there's really nothing that's going to be, there's not going to be any disagreement. And if they win out, the offense is looking where like you think the offense should be at. And then it's like, well, I mean, there's a lot of people that already think they have the best offense in the country. And I'm sure there's people on that committee that feel that way. And so that, I mean, if they do that, then that's just going to give more points to them. And they're like, all right, this is, this is a team that absolutely deserves to be in it. And, you know, they lost a bad game and they completely fixed everything after that loss. And now they're back to where they should be. And, you know, run Henderson out of the pistol. Yeah. That's the way that is the way to go. Give him a little bit of a head start and run him on the guard or between the guard and tackle or off the tackle, whatever. But you got to start doing some more creative stuff again on your running game and they'll be fine. I think I just, they're, they're supremely, you know, more talented than anyone in the big 10 that they have left in front of them. All right. Anything else you want to hit on tonight before we get on out of here? No, sir. It was a good day. Uh, good playoff rankings. I'm happy with it. So, so happy. Keep going. You know, it's, yeah, I think, I mean, I know the one year we were pretty, uh, in 16, we were, we were well ranked throughout. And, uh, obviously in 19, we were well ranked without it's, it just, it feels better when you feel like you just have to keep winning instead of like, you know, in 14, like when you have to make, uh, impressions while you're winning right you know granted you know they made an impression against michigan state and then they made an impression against wisconsin so they did it it's just uh it's a lot easier doing it this way that you know when you feel like you're actually in the driver's seat absolutely so yeah i mean just keep doing it they'll be good though just can't take purdue light but we'll talk or lightly but we'll talk about them here in a couple days so i don't think they will but uh definitely agree with that statement all right let's uh get on out of here all right well thank you everyone for stopping in tonight to the buckeye bar i'm john i'm mike oh h i o